morning, everyone. Why don't we stand, read the word together, jump right in. I want to talk to you this morning about it's a new day. How many could use a new day today? Like a whole sense, a new season. I believe that God prophetically has something in the scripture for all of us speaking to our today. I believe that with all my heart. I I just... Anyway, so here we go. Let's read together. In the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, the earth was formless, void, and darkness covered the face of the deep, while a wind from God swept over the face of the waters. Then God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning the first day. And God said, let there be a dome in the midst of the waters, and let it separate the waters from the waters. So God made the dome and separated the waters, and they were under the dome from the waters that were above the dome. And it was so. God called the dome sky, and there was evening, and there was morning the second day. And God said, let the waters under the sky be gathered together into one place and let the dry land appear. And it was so. God called the dry land earth and the waters that were gathered together he called seas. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, let the earth put forth vegetation, plants yielding seed, and fruit trees of every kind on the earth that bear fruit with the seed in it. And it was so. The earth brought forth vegetation, plants yielding seed of every kind, and trees of every kind bearing fruit with seed in it, and God saw that it was good. And there was evening, and there was morning the third day. And God said, let there be lights in the dome of the sky to separate the day from the night, And let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and years. And let them be lights in the dome of the sky to give light upon the earth. And it was so. God made the two great lights, the greater light to rule the day, the lesser light to rule the night and the stars. God set them in the dome of the sky to give light upon the earth to rule over the day and over the night, and to separate the light from the darkness. And God saw it was good. And there was evening, and there was morning the fourth day. Then God said, let us make humankind in our image, according to our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over the wild animals of the earth, over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. So God created humankind in his image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. And have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. So, Lord, even now, this scripture that at times can seem uh, for many of us so familiar, we pray that you would open up uh, in a new way the treasure that these words are to each one of us. 
open up our hearts, our spirits, our minds to receive what you have prophetically for each one of us in this place and what you have for, for us corporately. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You guys can go ahead and be seated. The creation story is so powerful. Obviously, we didn't read the whole of it, but I, we got to the parts that um, I believe God wants me to share. But it's interesting. Uh, one of the things that you begin to notice when you see, and it's specifically actually spoken about, um, and Claire actually talked about it a little bit already, that you see in the creation story specifically is that God sets days and nights in order, and he sets seasons in order. That before we had watches, before we had iPhones and phones that had clocks on them, before there were calendars, God immediately sets our understanding of paying attention to the seasons and the days and the nights of our life, and there's an order to it. There is a plan to the way God uh, has us living into our lives, and it's important um, it's interesting, I remember this song, some of you are old enough to remember this song, it was back in the 70s, Dr. John, one of the lines of the song was, I was in the right place, but it must have been the wrong time, right? Have you ever felt that way? Like, I was in the right place, but man, it was the wrong time to be in the right place. Have you ever been in the wrong place at the right time? That's not good either. That could be a mess, but what we really want is to be in the right place at the right time. That's beautiful when that happens. And that's really kind of one of the things, the kind of the core of what I just want to talk about is that God really does want us to be in the right place at the right time. He wants us to pay attention to the seasons in our life. I was getting a haircut yesterday. Uh, wonderful Bonnie uh, has been taking care of trying to keep Claire and I in one piece uh, for, a, for a, actually since we got here. So Claire and I were there with Bonnie uh, and Bonnie's getting ready to cut my hair. And Claire and I have noticed... Um, I haven't said anything about it, but Claire said, did you notice that you, you used to have a forehead, but now you have a five head? I mean, she didn't say it that way, so, but I heard it that way. And I'm like, yeah, I, you know, so Bonnie was so gracious. And she said, well, his hair's getting gray. I don't know if you noticed that he's getting gray. So just, you know, she had this just beautiful way of making me feel like I still had some hair left. And uh, anyway, I just feel like it's God kind of takes us a piece at a time, right? I'm just sending it ahead. My hair, I'll catch up to it someday. It's, it's leaving. That's what starts to happen. I, I'm in the season where I'll catch up to my teeth and my hair. And then there's other things that get reconstructed in different, as you get older, the seasons, right? It's like, yeah, I won't get into it. It can get really disappointing for some people. But anyway, um, for each one of us, it's important that we pay attention to the season that we're in. That we are all in a season that God is moving in our life. All of us need to understand that God is up to something beautiful and powerful in each one of our lives. There is no accident in the season that you're in. God has not forgot, forgotten any of us in this season it's not a day where God is all of a sudden absent-minded about our life. This season is absolutely critical to what God is up to in my life and yours. I love Israel Houghton. He says, it's a new season. It's a new day. So it's important that we understand, first of all, the reason I wanted to read the part in the scripture about that we're created in God's image 
And I love the literal translation, which I think the NRSV does a great job of, of uh, communicating, is that the Godhead is there. Let us create humankind in our image, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Let us create humankind in the image of God. So we're all created in the image and likeness of God, is what the scripture tells us. God, God spoke your life forth. When he spoke you into existence, before the scripture says you were in your mother's womb, you were God's idea. And you were, you were God's idea, and it was totally connected to God's image. So it's important that we understand that God's image comes with certain traits. So if I'm created, you're created in God's image... And God's likeness, it's important that we pay attention to what are some of, certainly we can't cover all the characteristics or traits, but in this scripture alone, there's a ton of the characteristic and trait of God in it, right? The first thing that we see here is that God is creative, God's creativity. God said, and it was so. God spoke it forth, and all of a sudden it happened. God is creative. God is obviously a lot of different things. God is a bridge over troubled water. God is a peace in a storm. God is the beginning of all things. God is the end. God is precision in every way. God is loving. God is a rabbi, a teacher. God is productive. God produces and reproduces. God brings joy into our life. God is a just God. God brings justice. God is full of wisdom and is loyal in every way that is good and right. God's a protector a defender. God is a forgiver, a provider. We have sung already this morning about the faithfulness of God, and we could go on and on and on and on, but right away what we see in the scripture in Genesis 1 is that God is creative. God said, and it was so, and then God said it was good. Some people believe that the reason that we worship is because God needs us to worship him. But God does not need our worship because God doesn't need you to say that his work is good. Because God said it before you were even, a person was even dreamed up. First day comes along, God says something, he, he creates, and he says, hey, that's good. God can say it's good on his own. He doesn't need you or I to say that things are good. But he loves that we enter into relationship with him. But God is creative. Therefore, if God is creative, God is a creator, and you're created in God's image, and I'm created in God's image, we are creators. To be creative is to take what is given, the resources. See, God is a provider. God gives us all things, but then expects us to create with what's given. See, God, God doesn't give us a table God doesn't give us things like pencils, paper. God gives us trees and says, here's what you need. Now you're created in my image, go create. God doesn't give us cars and God doesn't give us computers and cell phones. God gives us the resources needed to come up with these beautiful ideas and creative imaginations and we release the creativity of God. You are creative. 
See, this happens to us. Sometimes when we pray, I think that we cut short the work of God because we forget, even when we pray, that God is expecting us to pray with expectation. But don't always expect the fruition of your prayer to be exactly in a tangible way to show up the way that you're praying for it. Right? Jesus himself did this. At one point, he prays for 10 lepers, and then he literally creates as they go. He says, go to the, show yourself to the priest. The scripture says they are healed as they go. He tells one guy to dip down in the water seven times. If you dip in the water seven times and you come up on the seventh time, you'll be healed of your leprosy. See, he could have just prayed and it could have just all come together, but sometimes there's a creativity that's connected to our prayer. He says to the disciples at one point, they don't have tax money, and he says to them, go down to the lake and find a fish and in that fish you'll find a coin. So even when we pray, we need to pray with a creative imagination. God, I have an expectation for you to fulfill what I'm praying for, but help me be understanding and aware of your creativity. Maybe there's other steps that go beyond the prayer. It doesn't mean my prayer is not being answered, but let me be aware of how the resources that you're releasing into my life are released. See, it starts early in our life. We kind of get programmed into coloring within the lines, right? We pass out coloring books, and that's one of the first things. And it's not bad to color within the lines. But we, we do things to program one another, and we do it throughout life, program one another to color be inside the lines. So what happens is we begin to impart to one another, even to our children, a lack of letting them be creative, Maybe it's time for some of us to have blank sheets of paper and to let our imagination begin to run wild because when we color in the coloring book of everybody else's life and everybody else's line, all that we're doing is living into that vision. And again, that's not always bad. Don't get me wrong. But there are times when it comes to creativity, God is, God is a creative God. God is wanting to do new things. Not everything that goes on in our life should be in this structure that somebody else has always established. You and I are created in the image and likeness of God. The church is in a place right now, especially in the West, where we have got to find the creativity of God. We have got to get the heart of God And find out how God wants the church to look. You do realize that most of what we do was a creative idea somewhere along the line. You do understand that Jesus didn't stand in a room like this and do church this way. We all know that, right? And along the lines, there's things you do know things like Sunday school for children is about 150 years old. About 150 years ago, somebody had this idea. It was a creative idea, and it has really been powerful in a lot of ways. But you get that. So think about this with your business. Think about this with with your career. Think about this at your home. 
Think about having this kind of breakthrough. Let there be creative thought in our life. Let us begin to color outside the lines. Let there be healings in our lives and through our lives. Let there be books that are written that are beyond the books that are already written. Let there be businesses started or business ideas created or investments done in a way that have not been done before. Let there be processes in our life that release the goodness of God on the earth. Let there be new music that is created in a different way, not just by the old pattern. Let there be breakthroughs and inventions and provision. Let there be deliverance for captives. Let there be feeding of the poor and water for people that have inadequate water. Let there be jobs that are created that people are not even thinking of and let it flow through your life and mine. Let there be freedom for slaves. Let there be products that we have no thought of today. And let there be the ministry of God. I love the scripture where it says that um, the kingdoms of this world are becoming the kingdoms of our God in Christ. And the way that that begins to come about is by the creativity of God's people. You see it in Genesis. God said it and it was so. And then we see that God is a strategist. And there was evening and there was morning And it was good, and it was so. And there's seven days in creation. There's not one day, not everything happens. You ever go to bed at night and think, I did not get everything down. Or you don't say it that way, but you feel like somehow you have failed because you didn't get everything done in a day. Your to-do list is overwhelming, and you worked as hard as you could. God seemed to be good. There was a strategy God didn't try to do on the second day what he had planned for the fifth day. He didn't do on the first day what he was going to do on the fourth day. He was good at the end of the day. God was methodical. God was strategic. He was patient. There was nothing happening by accident with God. You are created in God's image. There was an order to the way God did things, a structure, an architecture, a blueprint. There was a plan, a purpose. Whenever you feel like you have no purpose, you can move into this gift that you are created in God's image and likeness. You have a plan. It's in there. God gave it to you. It's a part of who you are. You are not an accident. You are not a mistake. Your life is not a problem. God has a plan. He has a purpose. And God is releasing that to each one of us when we pay attention. See, God was never intimidated at the end of the day. He said, this was a good day. The season and the days are moving forward and it's all coming to pass. Your life is moving forward and God is in it and watching it. And he has a plan. And he has a purpose for you. And he has dreams and visions. And at the end of the day, God wants each one of us to say it was good and I'm looking forward to tomorrow's goodness. See, God's all-knowing You have people, they come in and out of your life. God takes people in and out of your life. Circumstances come in, they come out. We need to learn to thank God when they come in, thank God when they go out. How many are thanking God for people that came in and thanking God for people that have gone out, right? It's this process in our life. See, Paul says it this way, whatever state I'm in, I'm content. 
And the reason that he said that, whether I abase or abound, he understood this whole principle that God is strategic in my life. God is doing his plan. He's working something out. God is building something in your life and mine. God is not only creative, God is not only a strategist, but Genesis 1 shows us that God uh, loves systems. He's a system expert. We all understand systems and processes. Those of you that are parents, when you start having children, your life changed. You had to start putting systems in place to be able to keep your sanity and keep the kids safe. In your job, as your career advances, you have to change the system, the way that you work. When, when increase comes in your life, you have to have a system for it. We have a system for those that invest money and resources. You have a system for that. There's, when responsibilities come and increase uh, in influence, system needs to change. The scripture says it this way. God put forth vegetation and plant yielding seed and fruit trees of every kind on the earth that bear fruit with seed in it. God put in everything he created, including you and I, the process of reproduction, the system of reproduction. God doesn't every time your grass comes up in the spring and comes alive, God doesn't recreate it. He doesn't say, and let there be grass on Josh's lawn. He put seed in the grass, so he spoke it forth, created it, and it is meant to reproduce. And so are you and I. There is a system in our life. In other words, what a seed represents, when this is spoken in Genesis, it, it represents our future. God's future is in you. When God created you, he created a future. A seed was placed in you. Your spiritual adversary, the enemy, has tried to kill you and cut off your growth and stop the production and reproduction in the systematic way that God is working in your life time and time again. He should have killed you when he had a chance, but he didn't do it. And you are here today, and the system is moving forward in your life. No matter how old you are, no matter how young you are, you haven't sung your best song yet. You haven't thought your best idea yet. You haven't dreamed your best dream yet. You have not had the fullness of vision that God has for you. It's still there. You've not laughed as hard as you can laugh. You have not written your best writing. You have not come up with your best business thought and insight. You have not had your most generous moment in your life. You've not had your best leadership moment. You've not played your best game yet, and you have not made your best move. You have got, you, you woke up today. You will live today as a producing, reproducing system that God has spun off into the earth, and God says that you have goodness in you. God is releasing even now concepts and visions and strategies and blueprints in this room. Right now, there are things that are stirring in some of us, maybe all of us in our own life that we're beginning to have come to life even as we're in this room this morning. God is doing something miraculous in our lives. Paul says it this way, he says, to have this mind in you that was in Christ Jesus in other words, Paul was saying, and it should be the cry of our heart, help me think like you, Lord. Help me think in strategies and processes when it comes to my life. 
Help me be a person that understands systems and strategies and processes as it pertains to my life. Because, see, God could just give you money. God could just give you a big house. God could just give you a nice property. God could do all of those things. But the the thing that we're after is we're after the mind of Christ. Not the things of Christ. We're after the mind of Christ. If I have the mind of Christ, then I can bring God's kingdom to the earth in my own life and the lives of others. I need the mind of Christ. I need to think like God. I need to think the processes and systems of God. And lastly, God is systematic. I'm sorry, synergistic. God thinks in community. He says to be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. Be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. Few things can be worse than hooking up with the wrong people. There is a reason that goats and snakes don't hook up together. There is a reason that pelicans and rabbits don't connect together. There's a reason that eagles and chickens don't mate. Eagles are amazing, aren't they? I was fishing the other day and like kicked off some reading I did around eagles, which I've done before, but I love the imagery in the scripture about eagles. Eagles are just amazing, aren't they? Amazing birds. So we're out fishing, Lorenzo and I, one of our grandsons, and uh, one of our sons lives on a lake and these two eagles come fly. He told us, he said, we saw, one of the neighbors said they saw some eagles. There's these eagles come soaring overhead. It's just majestic. Lorenzo and I, it was, the fish were biting, but even that stopped us. It's like, look at those birds. They were soaring, the two of them. Just gorgeous. Eagles, the wingspan of eagles averages about nine feet. It's profound. Their nests are four to five feet in diameter, across two to four feet deep. The largest nest ever found in the United States was in Florida, 20 feet deep, nine and a half feet across, three tons, bigger than some of your cars. Amazing. Eagles are awesome. They can see several miles during the day and the night. And what's really cool about them, one of the things that's really, they're built to soar. They are built for high spaces. Eagles are built for the upper high places. They're built for storms. Their body and their wings are made in a way to withstand a storm. As a matter of fact, an eagle, when it, when it encounters a storm, when other birds go in the other direction, eagles go into storms because it enables them to go to higher levels. Storms are what propels them to another level. How many in here would love to live like an eagle? I think one of the most amazing things is part of their mating ritual. They mate and they stay with the same mate for pretty much their whole lifetime. And part of their mating ritual is they do it midair. That's hard, that's hard to keep up with. 
That's a tough act to follow. They literally connect in air. They kind of do this midair dance to, to be able to sense one another's strength and ability. And the one thing that eagles know when they're up midair mating is they're not with chickens. The eagle knows that they are not connected to a chicken. Which brings the question, if we're created to soar, we're made in the image of God, to be synergistic, to be fruitful and multiply, to fill the earth and to subdue it. One of the questions we have to ask is, are there chickens hooked up to us? See, eagles love, they literally love at a different level. They live at the tops of trees. They live at a different level. They think in a different level. They see and have vision at a different level. Exponential growth comes when you and I have proper connections. Some of us have been brokenhearted when we felt like we were living like an eagle and then somebody walked out on a relationship or a, or a situation in our lives. Maybe you were hooked to a chicken. Because chickens are on the ground while eagles are in the air. If you want to be an eagle... You have to make sure that you connect to other eagles. Other eagles are good with your vision. They're good with your plans. They're not jealous of where you're going and what you're doing. Other eagles can be in the same room that you're in. They can fly with you. They can nest with you. They can see what you see. The scripture puts it this way, that one of us can put a 1,000 to flight. Two of us can put 10,000 to flight. Three can send a legion fleeing. It's exponential. If it were just addition, it would be one can put a 1,000 to flight, two puts 2,000 to flight, but it's not. The invitation is to live synergistically, to find people to mentor us, to connect with us, to speak into our lives, to encourage us in our vision and our dreaming. It is not just a good idea. It is what we were created to do. We can all continue to sit around the barnyard and peck at the seed on the ground There's nothing wrong with chickens. I ate one a few days ago. (laughs) Or we can soar. The church can keep pecking the seed in the barnyard. Or we can start seeing things different. We were created to soar and see things innovatively and different.
One of the biggest pushbacks Claire and I have had to the book that we recently wrote has been there's a systemic way that the Enneagram has been taught throughout history. There's two things that have been really big pushback. One is that is not the way we've always taught it. Sounds like that might be God to me. Doesn't mean it's God, just means it might be God. But we are so apprehensive about looking at the elephant from a different angle, aren't we? And then the other thing is, I hope you're reading the scripture as much as you're reading the book. Just the thought that we ask that kind of question. Don't you think that that's barnyard pecking? Anybody in a passionate pursuit of Christ is paying close attention to God's word. They don't need to be told that they're looking at other stuff too much. But keep pecking. Because I kind of like the stuff that happens up there. And I think you all do too. Let's stand. So Father, right now, we pray, I pray in this place for creativity to be released. I pray for each one of us that we would have ideas and insights and thoughts that are new and fresh on this day, in this season of our lives. God, let us be people of strategy. Give us new and fresh strategies. Give us an understanding of the the blueprint of our life, where we're at in the building process, and help us to know what needs to be done in this season. God, let us know the processes and the system, the way that you're reproducing and producing in our life. And God, let us sow into those things that you desire for us to sow into in this season and let the production of God, the reproduction of God, the anointing of God, the kingdom of God be released in us and through us. And Father, we pray we would be synergistic people. Let us be mindful. Father, let us not have our feelings hurt. Let us not be uh, discouraged by anyone around us, God. Let us just be the kind of people that would say, I am going to be synergistic and mindful of that in my relationships. I am going to soar with the kind of people that God wants me to be soaring with. I'm going to be around the kind of people that are going to stretch me, kind of people that are not always going to just agree with my barnyard living, but invite me up to higher places. So God, we receive that. We receive that as a church. We receive that as a people. We receive the prophetic impartation that you're giving even now on this day for our businesses, for our our work for our recreation, for our home life, for our real estate, for our investments, for our farms, for uh, the, the things that we're putting our hands and minds and heart to. We, we receive that for our spiritual life, the development of that, and we receive your goodness on this day. Let it be so. It is good, we say. It is good, oh God. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Have a great week, everybody. Thank you.